0: The wide receiver you conversation. used to be alive and well in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Now I'm not saying we were the unquestioned wide receiver you. I know that places like Ohio state and Bama also have a claim, but that's died down the last couple of years. Is this the season that we get it back or is it the recruits coming in that can help us bridge that gap? You are a locked on Oklahoma state, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma state Cowboys, part of the locked on podcast network. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on every single podcasting platform as well as visually on YouTube, and you can find me personally on Twitter at All Day O State. All right, so we know that Oklahoma State has a very long lineage of all-American wide receivers, wide receivers that were able to carve out a niche in the NFL. And at this current moment, there are several Oklahoma State University wide receivers on NFL rosters. Some of them practice quads, some of them get some, you know, special teams mop-up duty. But nonetheless, they're still in the league, they're still producing, they're still getting paychecks, and they're still Oklahoma State Cowboys. But they're not at the upper echelon. So last year, you saw a mixed bag when it came to the wide receiver room, right? You saw some good, you saw some bad, you saw some confusion, you saw some kids looking confused. And whether it be the offensive play calling or mismanagement of route concepts or or just mismanagement of injuries and players in general, there's a lot of things that could potentially be tied into why we, uh, we didn't capitalize at wide receiver last year. and the year previous, right, we had Tay Martin, and he's still rocking and rolling with the San Francisco 49ers, trying to make a spot to where he can break into the depth chart. But who do we have now? Well, we've already covered the post-spring wide receiver, so I'll make sure to tag that show up in, uh, up in the box. But we didn't go through the recruiting side of wide receiver position. So, today I want to break down a little bit of both. Like, how long are some of these guys going to be in Stillwater, Oklahoma? And how does that make a direct correlation to the recruits that we potentially could see coming into Stillwater? So, I think that the first thing that uh, we could probably take a look at is who we currently have on the roster at this very moment. Again, I'm not going to dive too far into the production of the wide receivers because we saw a lot of production this spring. I think there's going to be a lot of candidates to be the go-to guy. I do think that there is potential opportunity for somebody to break the 1,000-yard mark. But again, what is how talented is we are getting the ball thrown around. It might happen some, but this offense is not like the Oklahoma State offense you fancied yourself growing up because – You know, the last 10, 12 years, it's been an offensive attack. And it's been a a pretty high-flying offensive attack. Like, we knew we could score in a matter of seconds for a long portion of our time as Oklahoma State fans, especially in the last 10 to 12 years. Before that, we were a little bit more old school, right? Slug it out, less miles, punch you in the mouth, go to work, go to war. Well, we're clearly going back to that this season, right? So – It's not like our wide receivers are going to be getting an overabundance of targets. It's just not going to be that way. So this year, it's going to be more contingent upon our wide receivers' abilities to get the ball, make make a man miss, and get into the open field. And who better to do that than Arlen Bruce IV, the transfer from Iowa. You know, it it is kind of funny how we've heard some comps um, from him in regards to being similar to John Paul Richardson. And as I've stated before, I never saw that. I saw him more of a, you know, Josh Cooper, David Glidden type of role. And what we're seeing right now, is that's exactly it, right? He's going to be an absolute terror at the slot receiver position because his feet are so quick. He does have pretty good hands. But his ability to make a man miss and find open field is realistically a luxury we haven't seen a whole lot of. Like BP, Brendan Presley, supposed to be that guy. But because of the way that defenses play him, they purposely try to limit his ability to run after the catch. If they want to let him catch the ball, sure, fine. They might give up a catch or two. But defensively, they're going to do everything in their power to slow him down because we everybody knows he's the guy who can make some people miss and take it to the house. Well, now with Arlen Bruce in the fold, it's not just going to be on Brendan Presley. So defensively, you're not going to be able to key the same because now you have a multitude of people to shut down. I'll, Talon Chetron, the talent is ridiculous. But he's rotating right now. Does that mean that you know, maybe it's going to take him some time? I don't necessarily think so. I think that that is kind of indicative of the players that we have coming in. They are better than anticipated. They're dang sure better than everybody thought. Everybody thought Oklahoma State was in this terrible position moving forward, which, again, it's great from a betting perspective. I like to make money. I would assume that a large portion of you guys do as well, which is why if you haven't already got hooked up with FanDuel, you're missing out. You need to snag this opportunity to get your hands on this no sweat first bet. And with the the playoff action being in the fold and FanDuel being America's number one sportsbook betting partner, you need to make sure that you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get yourself signed up again for this no sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet does not win, do it before you're missing out. Again, go to fandle.com slash locked on to get yourself hooked up. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook betting partner. So when you go through the wide receiver position, um, I, I think it's fair to jump to Jaden Bray. Jaden Bray seems to be that guy, right? The Desmarion, Justin Blackman type of role. Not that Talon Shetron can't get there as well, right? There's a lot of similarities, especially in the size and the frame. Uh, they're both 6'2", 200, and if you've seen recent pictures out there, they don't look like wide receivers. They legitimately look like defensive dudes, which means body by glass is uh, evidently done its job. Uh, Then you got to go to somebody like a Blaine Green. Blaine Green was the most heralded of the two brothers coming in. Due to injuries, Bryson Green got to kind of take over some of the limelight. And then you already know that Bryson Green has decided to transfer to Wisconsin. A lot of people maybe thought that Blaine Green was going to potentially go that route as well, just like a lot of people thought that Brennan Presley was going to leave since his brother Braylon Presley left. But neither of them did. They both stayed. And we expect a lot out of Blaine this year. You know, he's a sure-handed receiver. He's a big-body dude. He's going to be very difficult to bring down. So if we can get him in the right play calls that suit him the best, it's going to be very difficult for defenses to stop him. And, you know, he's only uh, he's a registered sophomore, so he's got a few years left, as does Jaden Bray, as does Talon Shetron. And Arlen Bruce actually even has a couple years too. So it's it's not like we're going to be devoid of talent by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but Rashad Owens is, is very interesting because he's earned his stripes. He's caught some big touchdowns. But the problem with Rashad Owens has always been drops, right? He can take the top off. He can wow you. He's put on a, a considerable amount of weight whenever he flexed into that cowboy back slash tight end type of role last season for us. It was because we needed him to. It's not that he fits there. It's that we needed him to fit there because size-wise, we, we weren't rocking with a lot of tight ends. Now we could get into why we don't have very many tight ends or we didn't have very many tight ends. You guys already know my my spiel on that. So we'll just jump on and continue with Rylan McCorders. It's his last year here, and everybody knows that R.W. McCorders is my goat that I physically, visibly got to watch in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So seeing Rylan get some play, uh, especially even on special teams, it's pretty daggone cool. It's ironic how he looks almost identical to his dad. So i like to see uh, to see, see him get a little bit more PT, which is going to mean that our offense needs to take care of business. I know that the idea is to control the clock, rush for 4.5, 4.6 yards of carry, which I think we're easily going to do. But in order to get some of these guys in to get more PT, we're going to have some games where we have big leads. That's just that's how it is. Now, is our offense designed to do that? Probably not. But it doesn't mean that it can't still happen. Another one I'm very, very, very high on is Leon Johnson III, the the transfer from George Fox University, 6'5", almost 210 pounds. He's very, very, very fast, especially for that size. I've already given the comp to a Marcel Aitman. Go back, check out some Marcel Aitman highlights, and you'll see exactly what I think we're getting out of Leon Johnson III. And I expect him to have similar production at some point in time in the season. Uh, And then you go on, obviously, we've talked a little bit about Brendan Presley. Uh, He's a senior. I think he does have, obviously, a COVID year available, so we could see him after this season as well. But I'm sure his idea is to get himself ready for the pros and to move on. And he's good enough to do so. And this spring, he's been the contortion artist that has bailed all the quarterbacks out. So that should lend itself some credence during the season as well. So hopefully he has the year that he wants to have. Uh, And then you have somebody who's popped up quite a bit on film throughout the entirety of the spring, and that was Cale Cabanis. Cale Cabanis is more than just a walk-on. Yes, he's on scholarship now, which is amazing for him. Yes, he's got a, a brother that just walked on as well. Yes, his older brother was a pretty daggling good baseball player for the Cowboys, but he's put himself in a position to carve out a nice little role as a legitimate wide receiver on the depth chart. He will get some catches this year. He will get some PT. How much? Who knows? But he's earned... A decent amount of looks, at least in this spring. And you already know in the beautiful game of football, or darn near any sport, you're only one catastrophic injury away from relying on people you didn't exactly think you were going to rely upon. Uh, and then we'll jump to Mason Gilkey, redshirt freshman. So he's got multiple years left. Kale Cabanus has a couple years left as well. Uh, Mason, we've got him for a considerable amount of time. Six foot three, 175-pound wide receiver out of Palhuska, Oklahoma. Rock the orange and black. And now he gets to rock, rock the orange and black again. It's a perfect marriage. Um, my cousin's husband is the head coach at Pahuska High School. So so shout out to them. What they have cooking in Pahuska for being a small school is actually pretty daggone impressive. Um, and then you look at somebody like Dijon Stribling, which we've talked about in the previous wide receiver video that I'll pop up uh, on the screen here when this video is done. Dijon Stribling is better than advertised. I watched some of his film at Washington State. I wasn't unimpressed, but... See, I got stuck in this comparing it to Tay Martin phase. And we all know that when Tay Martin came to Oklahoma State, he was nowhere near ready to play from a physicality standpoint, be, just being in shape in general. But another fun fact about John Sribling, him originally being from Hawaii, Hawaii, that connection we have, right? The connection on the road that you see somebody like a Benny Tonga Knock out of the park on a consistent basis. Somebody like Deson Stribling is gonna do nothing but help that. And he has way more wiggle than you saw on film with Washington State, even. So it looks like he has improved in his short time in stillwater. Thank you, Rob Glass. And the offense is so simplistic, it's not like it's gonna take forever for the guys to figure it out. They're gonna get the offense down. The offense is designed simplistically for that very reason, which is exactly why Alan Bowman has been able to pick up the offense as well as he has. Simplicity can be awesome again. The military method KISS, keep it simple, stupid. Simplicity has a lot of beauty to it if it's done the right way. To be simple. You have to be physically productive. To be simple, you have to be able to drive the defensive line back on a consistent basis. I think that's going to happen. But you you never really know, right, until the season gets going. But, uh, yeah, so that's what we have as far as, you know, years and coming back as far as the, the current wide receiver room. So now we get to shift focus to some of the recruiting things. Now, wide receiver, again, used to be something that Oklahoma State was nationally known for. I do think that it's very possible that we can get back to that because this year, Casey Dunn is being asked to focus a little bit more on wide receivers as opposed to just designing the offense. The offensive design is going to be tasked by Gundy. So what their preparation is from a week-to-week basis as far as the, the game planning offensively, Mike Gundy's going to have a very, very heavy hand in that. Which means that by proxy he should get more than enough time to go back to his roots as being a dominant wide receivers coach that means you you got to treat him a certain way holding somebody accountable and being unnecessary unnecessarily negative those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive right um so let's let's talk about some of the wide receivers that we have offers out to on uh, GoPokes247, Micah Hudson, obviously a five-star, number two player in the country. Yeah, that probably not going to work out well for us. All right, Mike Matthews, very comparable, uh, coming from Georgia, 6'1", 180, another five-star. He's positioned right behind Micah Hudson as the number three wide receiver in America, but again... The NIL financials are probably going to put us out of the running for these guys. And I say that only because I know for a fact NIL put us out of running for a guy we're about to get to. Uh, so let's keep going on down the list. Bryant Wesco at a Middle Oathian, Texas, six foot two, 170 pounds. Very, very speedy, very, very quick, nimble feet. But again, I don't know that he fits precisely what we're trying to accomplish. Draylon Miller, same thing, right? <clears throat> you think being in Texas typically, Gets us in the door and it does, but again, we have a very, very, very good NIL, right? Pokes with a Purpose is doing absolutely phenomenal. We have a few other little NIL deals that are also making some major moves, which is precisely why Coach Casey Dunn went hardcore after Gatlin Blair. Gatlin Blair is a six foot two, 180 pound wide receiver out of Burley, Idaho, a four star and ranked number 15 wide receiver in America. We know for a fact that the NIL stuff got out of hand for him. Like, we had to pretty much bow out of the recruiting process for that guy because Mr. Gatlin Blair was going to get a significant amount of money no matter where he goes. So, yes, we're going to be top three, top four constantly in NIL in the Big 12. But does that mean we're still going to be able to cut Ohio State, Bama, Arkansas, Texas A&M style checks? No, we're not. Right? Not for the foreseeable future. I do think eventually when the Big 12 continues to raise its profile and continues to further separate itself from the ACC and the Pac-12 and it continues to get closer to the Big 10 than closer to the Pac-12, I I do think that some of that will play a factor. But again, if you put dudes in the NFL and people can go back to this is what Casey Dunn does, this is who Casey Dunn is, it should help us get these big-time wide receivers again. And now we get to somebody that I really, really would like but I don't know how likely it is. But that's Ja'Kyle Baker out of Brownsboro, Texas. Really like his film. A very, 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 very much like his film. But again, it, it almost feels like that the temperature has cooled a bit on Ja'Kyle Baker coming to Stilter, Oklahoma. So time shall tell. Uh, Parker Livingston, six three, 185 pounds, four-star wide receiver out of Lucas, Texas. Same thing, right? Yeah, we potentially could have an opportunity, but we don't really want to get in a bidding war with some of the teams that are currently going after him. You could look at Joshua Smith, restart at Grand Texas. It's a a legitimate option, right? But I don't know how how well he would fit into the system and the scheme. Uh, We recently gave an offer out to Trey Griffiths. Trey Griffiths out of Keller, Texas, is a very good wide receiver. I do think that he's significantly underrated here at number 84 in the country. But it seems as though the the Jets have been cool on O-State. Maybe now that we've given him an official offer and we're going to take some time in officially recruiting him, maybe we'll have some time to persuade him. But being 6'3", 205, right here, right now, You can't tell me that somebody like that is not very high up on our list to get into Oklahoma State, go through the body by glass, and then see what we can produce him into. So if you're looking to get brought up in the wide receiver game and give yourself some more credibility as it comes into your your ascension to the NFL, there's not a lot of places where wide receivers don't have the equal – Everywhere else at that position. So give it time. I think this is somebody that we could possibly reel in, but time will tell. Now we get into a couple people that we we really need. Uh, CJ Brown out of Bentonville, Arkansas, six foot, 185 pound, three star, number 87 player in the country, according to 247. This is a guy that we are very, very high on. And obviously, he's very high on us as well. Arkansas and K State seem to be in the mix. Will they shove us out? I I do not see how Arkansas can sales pitch a wide receiver on them being better off going there. It makes no sense to me. But Arkansas has deeper pockets than we do, so uh, only time will tell. Kansas State, you know, I got to give hats off there. I don't blame him for, for wanting to go to Kansas State. They have a lot of really cool stuff cooking at the moment. Their their coaches all across the board seem to be doing a pretty daggone good job. K-State's in a really good spot in multiple, multiple, multiple sports. So I think this makes perfectly logical sense. But again, this is wide receiver. and We know we've got Casey Dunn personally in on this one, which is why I do think that we have a legit shot here. And if we can land him, that... Puts a little bit of our minds at ease when it comes to our interior wide receiver positions. Another one of those, and this is a drum roll, okay? The guy that I've seen a lot of film on that I realistically didn't know how much of an opportunity we were going to have is Logan Saldate. Wide receiver, 5'11", 185 pounds. The dude is good. And the reason that I wanted to bring this full circle is because a lot of people wanted to throw Arlen Bruce into the John Paul Richardson camp. I never saw it. But this guy, I do see in the John Paul Richardson camp. Logan Saldate is very reminiscent of John Paul Richardson. He's got deceptive speed. Uh, He runs kind of upright. He has more wiggle in him than it looks like he should have. His out routes are a little little loopy, right? He could clean some of that up. But he's very good at working the seams. He's very good at manipulating the, the linebackers and the safeties. He's very good at getting the guys shift hips to shift whenever they're in press coverage. Obviously, get them back on his heels. He takes away the inside, the outside when it comes to defensive, playing cornerback. The athleticism is off the charts. And he really wants to wear orange and black. And if you're going to wear orange and black, please, dear baby, eight-pound, 11-ounce Jesus, just swinging away in his major, don't let him go to Oregon flipping state. That is the wrong orange and black, the wrong OSU. And what are you going to accomplish there? I ain't in the Pac-12, so, yeah, you'll probably win more games. But beating up on the Pac-12 is very insignificant. I'm not gonna use the world's tallest midget because I've already I've already thrown that out there. Okay. So I'm not I'm not gonna do that. And and Cal, like this is why I feel very, very confident about this one. There is no metric in the world where you can say Oregon State is a better option. There is no metric in the entire world that says Cal is a better option. Nor Arizona, nor Fresno State, nor UNLV, nor Washington, nor Washington State nor Michigan State, UCLA, none of those. I mean, if you go to Washington State, you're just going to end up transferring to Oklahoma State anyways because all the the good wide receivers at Washington State find their way to Stillwater, Oklahoma. So just cut that out of the equation, buddy. Come to Stillwater, wear the right orange and black, and you won't have regrets. That's what I got. And I really want Logan Saldate because I was a big fan of JPR. John Paul Richardson did a lot for us. He was really unique in the slot spot because of his frame and his size and his catch radius, he was really hard to contain. He's going to do very well for TCU. We know that. Logan Saldate is the guy that can make us, I don't want to say forget JPR, but at least – Remember what JPR brought to the table because we got a lot of really good receivers right now, but it's not quite the same. Is it? Oh, we'll see. Even who, uh, thank y'all for sticking by to the end. And if you did stick by to the end, you get to hear this wonderful announcement. We have Doug Gottlieb joining the show. Um, and that'll be uh, this evening. I'll be able to send that out to everybody. So stay tuned. Uh, tonight, probably around 8.30 uh, Central Standard Time, we'll we'll, we'll be getting Doug Gottlieb's opinion on a multitude of things. So make sure you tune back in for that one. That's all we got for this one. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. I'll see you on the next one. All righty, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to make Lockdown Oakland State your first listen. Later.